Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, it's good to have you here once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. If you missed us last week, we're playing a new intro to our program there. It's kind of how we do this in Radio Land, giving ourselves a facelift, a new paint on the building, so to speak. And today I want to talk to you about what happened to sin, the demise of sin in Western civilization. I mean, it seems like today sin is no longer sinful. Dr. Carl Meninger, a leading psychiatrist back in the 70s, wrote an article, Whatever Happened to Sin? And he said the very word sin has gradually dropped out of our vocabulary. The word along with the notion. It has been replaced with mistakes, weakness, inherited tendencies, faults, and even errors. Phyllis McGinley, a noted American writer and poet, said people are no longer sinful. They're only immature or underprivileged or frightened or sick. So how did this happen? How did sin no longer be sinful? Well, I believe it's been the introduction of the doctrine of humanism that has crept into our churches. Humanism, humanists believe, they declare that the end of all being is the happiness of man. Therefore, the reason of, of our existence is simply man's happiness. And it must be protected at all costs. And ugly words like sin and ugly feelings like guilt has to be done away with. And sadly, this has crept into our churches. We've developed for, you know, at least five decades, a, could we call it an expedient Christianity? We've made God a useful God. We've turned him into a genie instead of a judging God, instead of a God of wrath and anger towards sin and sinners, no longer fearing him and being afraid of God, God has become our buddy, a sugar daddy, a fix-all to all our problems. And after all, Jesus saves. I mean, that's the message that the world has. They really don't know what that means. Jesus saves. So I guess I can do whatever I want. It's okay because Jesus saves. And it's created a problem for us. Now, liberal Christianity embraced it readily. They were the first ones to dive into humanism and weaving that into their religious activity, into their religious doctrines and dogma. Now, the liberals are groups of Christians and churches, and mainly, for the most part, they are the established church. These are the ones that have the highest accolades. They're the ones who've been around the longest, so to speak, and they are the established church. But they don't know for sure if there's really a heaven or a hell. 
They don't really know if the Bible is God's word. They don't know if Jesus was truly God incarnate. They don't, they're not 100% sure if Jesus was really born of a virgin, like the Bible says. They're not fully sure that God created the heavens and the earth, especially the way it was said in Genesis, six days, six 24-hour days. Are you kidding me? No, he used evolution and all this kind of stuff. These are the liberals. But they still believe that the Bible has its values. It's good for morality. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better wife, a better parent, a better citizen. Uh, there's benefit in it. We could use it as literature. And there's benefit in homilies and liturgy and rituals. After all, <laughs> you know, we still need a living here. And you can't really do away with us because we are the established church. That's liberal Christianity. They embraced humanism really quickly. And so basically how it uh, plays itself out, even though we're not sure that we can get you saved, we can sure put springs on your wagon and make your trip more comfortable. We're not sure if we're going to get you to heaven, but we can make you happy while you're here. We don't know anything about the afterlife. We're not sure if we can get you to heaven, but we'll make heaven here on earth. Paris Reedhead said it so well. The essence of liberalism is simply putting a little sugar in the bitter coffee of the journey to sweeten it up for a time. And so this is how liberals present their Christianity. They present Jesus as a fix-all. You got a hole in your life and you got problems there and, and you're trying to fill it with everything else. But, you know, the only thing that can rightly fill this hole is Jesus. And when you join the Jesus team, you he'll put a smile on your face. He'll put a spring in your step. He'll fix your problems. And he'll make it good for you here on earth. Then you have the fundamentalist. These are the guys that are from the wrong side of the tracks. They didn't go to the right schools. They don't have the, you know, the degrees and the accolades that the others have. And this is the group, by the way, where I am, the fundamentalist. We're the ones who do believe in the inspiration of God's holy word. We're the ones who do believe in the infallibility of the word of God. We believe in the deity of of Jesus Christ. We believe that God created the heavens and the earth in six literal 24 hours. We believe that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to be shunned. And we believe that there is the that there is the death and the burial and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But still we fundamentalists have ha have allowed humanism to creep into our churches where the liberals are going to try to make life good for you here. They're going to call sin a mistake. It's certainly not going to make you feel guilty for sin. We're going to find somewhere else to blame that action, that deed that you did. And we'll make your life feel better because Jesus saves. And so you're forgiven. It's okay. Well, here we fundamentalist, we've, Kind of made some mistakes here. 
And we've allowed humanism to penetrate into our doctrines. And instead of trying to make your life happy while you're here, we're going to make your life happy for you when you die. So therefore, salvation becomes just simply a prayer, easy prayer, a formula, a abracadabra, and poof, you don't have to worry about death now. Happiness will be for you when you end. After all, that's what we're all about, our happiness. Come to Jesus because he'll give you heaven. And heaven equals happiness. And you don't want to miss out on that. And so therefore, come to Jesus. Jesus saves and will make you happy when you die. So the liberal says the end of religion is to make, happy, make man happy while he's alive. The fundamentalist says the end of religion is to make man happy when he dies. I have a friend, a missionary friend, Damien. And I never heard anyone tell his testimony like this before. I thought it was uh, quite interesting. When he got saved, he was so glad that he didn't have to go to hell, uh, that his sins were forgiven, that he didn't have to be punished for his sins. And two weeks later, after he got saved, that's when he learned that he also got to go to heaven too. Not only didn't he have to not go to hell for his sins, he also got to go to heaven as well. He didn't, what's my point? He didn't repent of his sins because he was looking for God to give him a joyful end. He was just so thankful, like we should be, that when we get saved, we don't have God's punishment on us. We live in a day today where we dare not tell people that they're sinners and that they've committed an enormity of crimes before God and that they're guilty of of breaking God's law and they're lawbreakers and that one day they're going to have to stand before a holy and a righteous God and be judged for their sins. That kind of preaching is not popular. I'm here to tell you. When I was in Bible college, and I went to a good Bible college, I really did, and I still think there's still some good there, but it's changing quickly, unfortunately, like many good colleges have done in the past. But they um, they started introducing some things. Some people started coming in, and we started hearing from some people that, yeah, it sounded interesting. And it, the, the, the appeal was simply this, men, do you want to work hard or do you want to work smart? <laughs> well, sign me up for hard. I mean, you know, give me the hard path. That's what I want. I mean, just give that to me. That's, that's the path I want. No, none of us wanted the hard. We wanted the easy. We wanted the smart path. We wanted the easy way to go. And so we started reading people that uh, started uh, preaching a different type of approach. And they started teaching us, don't tell people what they are. Tell them what they could be. Don't tell them they're sinners. The biggest problem that people have with church is the offense 
of being told they're sinners. It offends them. And we have to remove the offense. And they, oh, they gave Bible for it. Oh, yes, they did. They quoted passages. Remember, Paul, I am all things to all men. That by some reason, that's some reason I might be able to win some. Suggesting that we should make compromises to the gospel message. That we might be able to win some and bring them to Christ. Folks, we have watered down the gospel. And I'm afraid we're filling the church with false converts. With men and women who have been entertained by the notion that all I've got to do is say a prayer and hocus pocus. And, and then, you know, the reason for it is because, you know, I, I want to have happiness while I'm here and happiness when I die. I, want, I, I don't want pain. I want happiness. And Jesus is going to be my genie. And he's going to give me everything I want. And after all, I'm a good person. Folks, that's not the gateway to heaven. The Bible says there's two gates. There's a wide gate and a narrow gate. The wide gate leads to destruction. The narrow gate leads to life. And the devil has created a gate of religion, even Christianity, Christian religions, that if you enter in at that gate, you'll not find your way in heaven, but rather in destruction. What happened to sin? We ejected it. We got rid of it because it's offensive. But we need to preach the truth. That's going to be it for today. We'll be back again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.